Hey, miserable bitches. My name is Cody. My name is Emily. And we're back with another episode. But before we start, make sure you leave your manners at the door. Hey guys! Hi! We are back with another episode. Um, So we're going to be doing things a little bit differently this time. We've decided that this week we've got a lot of people that wrote in um, some various stories of some creepy, spooky, ooky um, shit. Ghostly tales. Ghostly tales that we want to share with you all. So instead of um, reading one of our stories that we've researched we are just going to read your stories from whatever you've experienced so we got some really good entries i'm gonna jump right into it so sound good sounds good to me all right so story number one is from an anonymous person um because she's writing for her friend so the title of this is called a haunting at saint edwards university So she writes, I was a freshman at St. Edwards University near Austin, Texas. As a freshman, you have to live on campus in one of the dorms. I was randomly paired with another girl to be my roommate for the semester. And when I met her for the first time, she was relatively cool. Kind of quiet, but really nice. We vibed very well. So I figured it was a good match. And when I was looking forward to bonding and making some memories with a new friend. The first two nights in our dorm were pretty chill. I wasn't used to being far from home, so I was having trouble sleeping, but wasn't scared or anything like that. It was a really old dorm, probably built around the 1940s or earlier, so it definitely had a creepy feel to it at night. But I'm not really one for the supernatural, so I never really let my mind wander off and imagine um, up some scary scenarios like ghosts or demons or anything like that. Or at least I didn't before moving into this dorm room. On the third night, I fell asleep faster than the two nights prior. I went to bed early, or at least early for a college kid, around 10 o'clock that night. And then at exactly 3 o'clock in the morning, I was awakened by the sound of footsteps. I looked over in the darkness and saw that my roommate was still in her bed, so it wasn't her. I lay there quietly for a few moments, just listening. It was definitely footsteps that I was hearing. They started at the center of the room, and then I could hear them go to and from the window. When I finally convinced myself I wasn't making the sound up, I mustered up the courage to walk across the room to my roommate's bed. Hey, um, I'm sorry. I swear I'm not trying to be weird, but can I lay with you? I'm scared. She woke up and rubbed her eyes and was like, um, yeah, that's fine. I got under the covers by her and just laid in silence. A few moments went by and she asked me, uh, do you hear footsteps? I was both relieved and terrified that she heard them too. We sat up and just listened to the footsteps in silence. Then after a few minutes, we started giggling. You know how when you get super scared of something and you just start laughing? Yep, that's what happened. I guess it was adrenaline or something, but we both kept giggling quietly till it finally became a roar of laughter. But when that happened, the footsteps, I swear to God, it got louder and thudded over right towards us as if whoever or whatever it was was making steps 
that was making steps was angry and running towards us. We screamed, obviously, then started laughing again. In this dorm, we had suite mates, and our rooms were connected through a bathroom. Within seconds of screaming, we heard a knock on the bathroom door. I turned a lamp on as our suite mate poked her head into our room asking if everything was okay. I told her to sit on my bed across the room and just listen to see if she heard anything. She looked at me and said, footsteps? And we explained that that's exactly what we heard as well. A minute or two goes by of us just listening to the footsteps and the other suite mate comes into our room as well. She too sits and tells us that she hears footsteps. So about an hour goes by of us just sitting, listening to footsteps and visiting, trying to make sense of what we were hearing, but we couldn't. Guess that's the ghost in our room, one of the suite mates says. Every night the rest of the week, we were awakened by footsteps at exactly three in the morning. We slept in the same bed each night because eventually it stopped being funny and we were both genuinely scared. When the weekend rolled around, my roommate went home to see her family, so I did the same. I wasn't going to stay in that room by myself, but when Monday rolled around and I got back to my dorm, my roommate's things were all gone. So I texted her to ask what happened. She explained that she was an atheist and she didn't believe in life after death. So she was shaken and disturbed by us walking up to what was presumably a ghost every night at 3 a.m. And decided it was best if she just leave. My sweet mates felt really bad for me, so they offered to let me drag my twin-sized mattress into their room on the floor so I didn't have to sleep alone in the haunted dorm. I accepted their gracious offer, thankful as hell, and that night we kept a nightlight on in their dorm. I slept on my mattress on the floor. I put my headphones in and listened to soothing music as a way of trying to avoid any possible awakings in the middle of the night. Um, yeah, girl, I would have chosen you. That's my go-to. <laughs> That's my go-to. But sure as shit, at 3 a.m. on the dot, I woke up. Music was playing in my headphones, but I glanced at my phone and saw the time. I felt a cold chill and knew that the entity was now in the room with us. I took a deep breath and said out loud in a whisper, I can't hear you, so you can't hurt me. I guess she was doing that just to kind of like manifest her protection. Immediately, the blanket I had over me flew across the room itself, and I let out a gut-wrenching scream. The two sweet mates sat upright in their beds, just in time to see the blanket fall on the floor by the window. I was thankful they did, because how does one explain that a ghost ripped their blanket away from them to someone without sounding like a lunatic? I was glad they saw it for themselves, so I wouldn't have to try to explain. I kept sleeping in their room for the next few nights, or next few weeks, sorry, every night waking up at 3 a.m. to hear the same footsteps. During the day, though, I'd stay on my side of the dorm and study or watch Netflix or read a book, so I figured the entity was only present at night, so being alone during the day couldn't hurt. One afternoon, I got on my laptop at my desk to Skype my boyfriend, who was overseas on a study abroad trip. As soon as he came on the screen, he asked, "'Who's there with you?' "'It's just me here,' I replied." No, 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 no. Seriously, who is behind you? I turned around and just saw my bed, completely empty. I'm telling you, it's just me here, I insisted, letting out a slightly confused laugh because I couldn't tell if he was messing with me or if he was hallucinating or what. Seriously, who is that? Who is on your bed? Oh, you know what? You're probably just seeing a weird shadow from my lamp or something. Hang on, I'll show you. 
So I got up and walked over to the bed, repositioning the lamp on my dresser beside it and tossing some pillows around to change the shadow I assumed I was seeing, or he was seeing. When I turned around, he looked absolutely horrified, his mouth covered by his hands. You need to leave your room right now and call me from the outside, he said in a very stern voice. So I closed my laptop, ran out of the room, down the stairs, and once outside, I called him. What is, what is wrong with you? Are you okay? I asked, incredibly confused. Honey, there was an old lady in your bed, he said. Mm. I felt the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. What? What did she look like? Uh, he said, not someone you'd approach on the street, and it looked like she was, <laughs> looks like she was tucked into your bed. A few more weeks go by of me staying in my sweet mate's room. I put in multiple requests to switch dorms, but nothing was available. I requested special permission to live off campus and was denied. Then, one day out of nowhere, the RA comes to visit me. She explains that we that she had felt bad about not saying anything when I first moved in, but that her mom was a medium, and when she was first moving into the same dorms, but a different room her freshman year, her mom told her that she could sense that there was a spirit in room 230B, which is my dorm room. She said her mom had told her that it was an elderly woman, like a grandmother or a, of a student who used to live in that dorm when she had passed on, and she went there to be with her. She said that it was a lukewarm spirit, meaning it could be both good or bad, but she couldn't tell for sure. I told her about what had been happening every night, about what my boyfriend saw and how I'd tried to change rooms or live off campus, but wasn't allowed to. She told me that she would talk to the campus priest, keep in mind this is a Catholic school, because she felt like the spirit was either attached to me because I reminded her of her granddaughter that used to live there, or she was angry that I wasn't her granddaughter. The priest came and blessed the room, but nothing changed. I ended up transferring schools completely after the first semester because I cannot take being placed in that same dorm room another term. Thanks for the great podcast. I love listening. Love, B. Okay, B. That doesn't necessarily sound like an evil spirit, though, right? Right. More so, like, confused. Yeah, and also, I mean, it just shows how, like, scared she actually was if she not only didn't, like, just leave the dorm room, she left schools completely. Yeah, that's not an easy college to get into. So, No, not at all. But Lord Jesus, I don't even think I could have lost the first night that would have happened out of pat my bags and bit out. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Let me. So great story. Fucking amazing. Well, well, sad you had to go through that, but still. Okay. So let me pull up yours. Okay. So we have another story from an anonymous. Okay. So here we go. Dear miserable bitches, this might not be the kind of story you were looking for, but here we go. When I was in middle school, my friends and I were into scary stuff, and we liked to go to the cemetery to creep each other out. One night around Halloween, my mom offered to drive us to the biggest cemetery in town to explore. We excitedly agreed. When we pulled up, it was dark, and trees cast long shadows across the old gravestones. We had heard about a statue of two people called the Kissing Statue. That was rumored to come alive when headlights shone on it. The four of us set out on foot to find the statue, and my mom stayed behind in the car. 
As we walked, my friend said, did you guys see something over there? Thinking she was trying to scare us, we laughed and said no. But then I noticed something as well. Maybe it was just the wind. We were definitely on edge as we walked. We came to a turn in the cemetery dirt road and standing 50 or so feet in front of us was a figure. It was wearing a mask and holding something like a knife down by its side. It stood facing us in the shadows menacingly. Skirt! Did I do that right? Yeah. <laughs> we all started running in the opposite direction back toward the car. The figure gave, the figure gave chase. One of my friends tripped and fell to... <laughs> One of, this is my favorite part. One of my friends tripped and fell to the ground, just like a horror movie cliche. No one stopped to help to help her. LOL. Sorry, girl. The figure was gaining on us and began shouting. Suddenly, more people in mass jumped out of the bushes. We were surrounded and certainly going to be murdered. The car was in sight. My mom was jumping and waving her arms, yelling, Oh my God, hurry! We ran like our lives depended on it and... When we finally reached the car, my mom became la- became began laughing. We have to go now. We all pleaded with her. She kept laughing and I turned around to see that we had been being chased by Michael Myers, Scream, Chucky, and a few others. And they were all laughing too. One by one, the masks were removed to reveal each of our parents. What the fuck? These assholes had played a prank on us, and my mom had orchestrated it. It's a memory I will never forget, and looking back, uh uh-oh. Okay, and looking back, it's pretty hilarious, but at the time, we were terrified. This is why I have trust issues. Just kidding. This is probably why I love true crime. Thanks for reading. Love the podcast. Anonymous. That was funny. But honestly, like, (laughs) this sounds bad, but, like, if that happened to me and one of my friends tripped and fell... Like, baby, I'm sorry. It's life or death over here. Get it together or see you in hell. Like, Rude. No, but like, come on. I'm not going to be like, well, it depends on who it is. But like, come on. Be prepared. Run your ass to the fucking car, bitch. And don't be too left-footed. <laughs> too left-footed. Okay, let me pull up my next one. I did it for you. Thank you. So this one's called Voodoo Doll. In my apartment. Ooh, Ooh. Did you write this story? Because you no. used to have voodoo dolls. Yeah, but I got rid of them. Oh. Okay, so my grandparents have an apartment building that they ran for extra money. It's only three apartments in a small building on their property, so nothing fancy at all. But they offered to let me live there for just the cost of utilities when I had just graduated college and didn't yet have a job. So, of course, I accepted their offer. When I first moved into the apartment, I kept having horrible dreams. I'd never experienced sleep paralysis before, but I started experiencing it regularly, always during terrifying nightmares. A few weeks into me living there, a friend who had recently been on a trip to New Orleans stopped by to visit. He brought me a voodoo doll, and he said that he got it special for me because it was meant to bring true love. I don't know if you've ever seen a voodoo doll in real life, but they're way scarier looking, like with real teeth, hair, and shit. Yeah, it's not the cute little voodoo dolls that you see in cartoons and movies. Anyways, I took the voodoo doll and thanked Marie Laveau for the gift, which is something you apparently have to do, and sat the voodoo doll on my nightstand. That night, I had the most terrifying dream of all. My bed was surrounded by dark black shadows. I took them to be demons. And my bed kept spinning. I wasn't able to move or scream. Suddenly, my cousin, who had just recently passed away in a freak 
accident was at the foot of my bed. She was naked. Her skin was horrible, gray, sickly color, and she didn't blink. She had a huge scar in the center of her chest as if her heart had been cut out, and she stared at me. Then her mouth opened as if she was screaming, but no sound came out. I closed my eyes until the paralysis ended and spent the night, the rest of the night with my head under the covers. Once morning came, I got out of bed, went to grab my glasses on the nightstand when I noticed it. I had placed the voodoo doll right next to the funeral brochure of my cousin. I knew that the doll played a huge part in my nightmare, so I moved it to the other side of the apartment. I looked up how to get rid of a voodoo doll, and I suspect, and just as this suspected it's a whole process you can't just throw them away so i decided to place her near my closet until i had time to get rid of it properly but the nightmares kept getting worse and worse i was getting almost zero sleep at all so i told my mom about it she told me that before i moved into the apartment my grandparents had had to call wait had to call the daughter of the lady who was living there because she had stopped paying rent and they couldn't get her to answer her phone When the daughter and her husband went to the apartment with the spare key she had, they found the mom in the closet. She was alive, but she was clutching a Bible, rocking back and forth, and had a box full of spoons and another full of chicken bones, and only had one candle lit in the closet with her for light. Basically, she had been practicing voodoo in the apartment and went nuts. They had to haul her off to the mental hospital for treatment and had her things moved out the next day. Needless to say, I called my grandmother, who was a devout Christian, and had her come bless and pray over the apartment, and I immediately followed the instructions on how to get rid of a voodoo doll. I went out to the bayou about 10 miles from the apartment and buried her next to the water, prayed for her to be taken away, and left an offering for the spirits in the forms of a pile of fruit and coins. The bad dreams stopped that day. Love, Taylor. I mean, that's frightening. That's, I, I mean, I have like a little voodoo doll keychain, mm-hmm. but it's more cute than, it doesn't have teeth. Oh yeah, I know exactly which one you're talking about. When I used to go to New Orleans all the time with my friend Michelle, we used to like pick up ones. We were just, it's just kind of like the thing to do there. Oh, I remember them. But now like reading stories about them, I mean, I clearly got rid of them. I'm like, I just, I just bought them thinking, oh, this is cool. But like, if you look at like the history of voodoo dolls and like where they come from, I don't know why anybody would buy one. Well, all of yours were kind of together too. So maybe they like, because they, there were so many together, they just didn't want to compete with one another. I know. And speaking of chicken bones, I had Pluckers chicken this past weekend, and I ate them chicken bones, baby. So if she Ew, wanted, you ate the bones. I mean, I ate what was on the bone, but I had a pile full of chicken bones. So, so you and Josh were doing voodoo. Yeah, basically. Did you sit in the closet with a candle? No, but I will next time. Okay, so someone wrote into our Instagram anonymously um this is a short one it's more sweet than like super haunting or creepy um so when i was a kid i was the only one who carried my grandfather's last name on my dad's side i was the favorite grandkid and i moved to the u.s when i was 16 um he was really sad when i moved and he was also really sick when i left um 
A few months later, I woke up randomly around 3 a.m. and saw a shadow standing at the end of my bed. I can also smell a very distinct pomade old people use. That's what he always wore. I got a call from my dad that next day around 8 a.m. and he told me that my grandfather had passed and I just knew at that moment that that was him at the end of my bed. Oh, that is sweet. No one dead has ever visited me. Me either. But I also think they didn't really want to deal with me when they were alive. Why would they want to deal with me when they're dead? <laughs> That's, That's sad. sad. <laughs> That's not true. If I die before you, I will definitely come haunt your ass. Please do. That would actually be quite scary if I saw a ghost. I don't think I'd be the same. Well, like I told you earlier, you always want to make sure you're wearing something nice and that your hair looks good because that's what your ghost is going to look like. Oh, well, then we have no issues over here, Mama. Look at me. Well, look at me. I know, so (laughs) you better make it home alive because that bun that you got on top of the head looks like a bird nest. All right. Okay, so let me go. So this one's actually really fucking creepy. This one is called, this is an intruder slash stalker story. Is this the one you hid from me that I couldn't read? Yeah, I was going to let her read this, but then I saw the title of it and I was like, no, I kind of want to read this. So let's get started. So this is a creepy story that will make you want to live at home or sleep with your parents forever. Mm, We'll see, because that sounds horrible. When I was in college, I lived my with I lived with my older did I have a stroke just now? Yes. When I when I was in college, I lived with my older brother David in the house that we grew up since we were kids. At the time, my parents were working overseas and spent months at a time away in another country. In our home, the back of the house was just one long hallway with bedrooms on either side and a bedroom at the very end. And when I say long hallway, like when you're standing at one end with the lights off, you just see pitch black ahead of you. I used to get so creeped out by the hallway. But anyway, my bedroom was on the left-hand side of the hallway, and my brother's was on directly across from mine on the right side of the hallway. One of the reasons it was so dark down that hallway is because the bedrooms were also very dark. The only windows in my bedroom were small rectangular windows near the top of the ceiling. So not like a typical bedroom window that lets some ambient light into your bedroom. One night while I was sleeping in my bedroom, I woke up with this very eerie feeling. You know that feeling when you wake up from a dead sleep or a bad dream and your heart is like pounding? You're trying to figure out if the bad dream is real or you just know that someone is in your house and you just can't move or look around. Well, that is the feeling that I had. I was laying there just staring, wondering what exactly woke me up, but unable to move, feeling very scared for a reason I didn't know yet. As I said, my room was very dark and I could not see much at all. But somehow I brought myself to sit up in the bed and then I became froze in panic in the upright position. As my eyes adjusted somewhat to the darkness in my room, I saw a huge silhouette of a large grown man just standing at the end of my bed. Instinctively, I just said, David, thinking that maybe it was my brother sleepwalking or something, but the man did not say anything. I repeated to myself, oh, I repeated myself, David, and the man just turned around and walked out of my bedroom. At that point, I knew it was not my brother, and I knew that there was someone in our home. Once the man was out of the room, I did not know which way he had turned down the hallway, but without even thinking, I jumped out of my bed and ran across the hallway to my brother's room where he was sound asleep. 
I shook and shook him until he woke up and I said, there's someone in our house. My brother was a big hunter and had hunting guns locked up under his bed. So he instantly jumped up out of bed, grabbed one of his guns and told me to stay in the room. My brother slowly left the room, leaving me behind. And right as he right as he left the room, he turned around and said, the front door is wide open. Mm-hmm. I remember being crippled with fear. After some time, my brother was done making his way through the house, and he came to tell me that whoever was in the house was now gone. Together, we both went room to room looking for things that he, have man- that he might have taken or rummaged through. We could not find anything of value missing or anything significantly out of place except for one room. He had taken out our family photo albums and laid out pictures all over the place. It literally sent chills down my spine thinking what he could have wanted coming to a house just looking through somebody's picture album. Also, how long had he actually been in the house before he came into my room? To have gone through all of those albums and laid things out over the bed, it was just so weird, and to this day, I still wonder. So in the months following, many weird things kept happening. There was someone who would call the house phone asking for me and then just sit there and silent on the phone or tell me that he had been watching me. There was two other times that my brother and I came home from college campus one day to find that the front and side doors of the house were left wide open. There was another time when I came home and was packing a bag to leave when the phone rang, so I answered it, again, just to be someone silent on the other end of the line, but at the same time, I could hear what sounded like someone in the house. I dropped the phone all the way down and ran all the way down the street to the neighbor's house, When my neighbor and I came back to the house, the front door was again wide open. We eventually got law enforcement involved and they so they could keep a watch over the house for us. We changed all of the locks on the house and I could not be home alone. So I went to stay at my boyfriend's parents and begged them to let me sleep in their bed for some time until the harassment and Vince eventually stopped out of the blue. Oh, that sounds like <laughs> that, that sounds scary too. That sounds scarier than the man. You're like scoot over, um, boyfriend's parents, make room for me. <laughs> but no, honestly, I would probably do the same thing. So we believe that the person that came into the house that night, he got a hold of a key somehow and was coming in regularly. Once the locks were changed and there was some pressure from law enforcement, eventually the harassment and unfortunate events came to an end. But to this day, we still do not know who was behind it, what the motive was, or how many times he was really in our house that we did not even know about. Okay, my question is, is this person still living in, like, do you still live in the house? Have you, like, that is terrifying. I think that I would, like, need to leave. I don't know how old this is, but, like, I'm wondering if they still live in that house. That sounds fucking scary. My thing is, like, the phone calls alone. I would have no question if someone was the end of my bed. I would be like, that's the person that's been calling me. It reminds me of that uh, movie, When a Stranger Calls. Don't. Don't. Cody, I have to drive home. Oh, my God. I fucking hate that movie. Well, it's not When a Stranger Rides in the Car with You. Wait. (laughs) When a Stranger. I'm thinking of The Strangers. No. When a Stranger Calls is when the girl was, like, babysitting and she keeps getting the phone calls. And it's like. Yeah, it's a remake from, like, the 70s. They're both terrifying. Yeah, but, um, yeah, but you do live alone. So I get that. But also this story, well, only a couple days. So this story actually reminds me of this funny, well, it's funny for me now looking at it, but at the moment it wasn't. So let me just go ahead and tell a story that 
reminds me of this one. So when I was in college, I went to college at Texas A&M University. And um, I came home one weekend just to like see my mom, see my friends, hang out, do whatever. And I invited one of my friends over um, probably like on a Friday because my mom was at work. So it was just me and her at my house. And like, I mean... She didn't give a shit. I was like, hey, I'm going to take a bath. Like, my mom had this huge garden bathtub, and I was like, I'm going to get in it, take a bath, pull up a chair, sit here while I scrub-a-dub-dub in the motherfucking tub. Girl, we all been there. Yeah, so I was like, let me scrub-a-dub-dub, just sit here, pull up a chair, and do what you do best. And um, I don't know what that is. But so she's like, we're just chit-chatting, and she's like, Cody, I hear something like a cough coming from in the living room. And I'm like, oh no, that is probably like the cleaning lady. So I called my mom and she was like, no, there shouldn't be the cleaning lady. She should not be there. Like, this is not her weekend. So I'm like, Kayla, I think, oh, I told my friend, I'm like, I just think that that's, <laughs> I think that that's somebody like, I think that's just your imagination. So she's like, no, I hear, I hear it again. I hear it again. So I'm like, well, go check, go check. So I get out of the bathtub, put on my clothes, um, and we're like peeking around the corner and we can see that there is somebody like no. visible in the kitchen. And I'm like, go ask her, go ask her for her name or like what she wants. So she goes over there and she's like, hi, um, can I help you? And she was like, no. And I was like, oh, hell no. This bitch got an attitude up in my motherfucking house. So I was like, what is your name? And she said, Veronica. And she like looked me up and down and she's in like this grungy, grungy, grungy shirt. So she like makes her way like to the front door and just bolts out of it, runs out, gets in her car and like speeds off. So I'm like, I call my mom and I'm like, hey, someone came into the house. She's like, what do you mean someone came into the house? And I'm like, she left the front door unlocked (laughs) and the lady just walked in. So the police came. We had to like answer all these questions. And then um, the uh, so then they call us like probably like two weeks later and they're like, hey, you know, we just want you to rest assured we did find the person that came into your house. Um, she's like a local crackhead that just has been stumbling in people's houses in this neighborhood. I'm like, uh-uh. That's what they call me. Do they? Yeah. I'm like, not the local crackhead up in this house. So yours, your story was obviously a lot worse. Mine, I kind of gave light to it. But still, if I was that scared... With that situation, I cannot imagine waking up and seeing somebody at the end of my bed and like getting strange phone calls. Absolutely not. That's very Golden State Killer. No. No. No, thank you. Yeah, but these were fun. Like I said, we're trying something new with like reading your stories. We actually have more, but we were just, you know, just trying to see like if people like this. So if you like it, just let us know. Um, And if you have a story that you want to send, please do. We love reading your stories as well. Um, Like I said, we'll be back um, to reading some cases next week. They're just taking a little bit longer um, to get through. So we will have you two episodes next week. um, And we are excited to share those with you. So send your stories to miserymannerpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Instagram and DM us. Don't put it like in any comments because everyone would see it kind of defeat the purpose of our show. Yeah, and I think they can only do like 140 characters. So hopefully you send a detailed one so that it's like worthwhile. So yeah, send it to the DMs or the Gmail. Well, Slide into our DMs. Yes, so share this. Do whatever you need to do. We really, really, really appreciate, you know, all the positive feedback and you sharing it on your stories. That only helps people come visit the pod. 
Um, yeah, we're approaching 10 episodes and this is still just the beginning. We're learning as we go. So just bear with us. You're going to look back and be like, damn, these bitches are good. So we're working on it. So thank you guys so much for listening. Mama's tired. Yeah, we're fucking tired. We had Mexican food, so I need to um, go to sleep. Yeah, me too. Bye. <laughs> I thought you were about to say shit. I do. <laughs> well, hold on. I'm not done. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs>